0: Well, welcome to lesson 15 of the study of Galatians. We're in chapter 3. And we're going to start with verse 8 and read through 14 for context. But there's no way that we're going to be able to finish all these verses today. And I say that because these are very misunderstood verses. They've been removed from their context and their history to the detriment of our faith. They are some of the verses that are used to teach that the Torah is no longer relevant for followers of Yeshua. So let's uh, read this. Start with verse 8. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All the nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And I wanted to start here because without these verses, the next verses don't make any sense. The reason is, the next verses explain these, and, then, and even the opposite of these. He says, so those who have faith are blessed. Remember, we noted that faith in the life of Abraham was to believe God for an heir. An heir was required to complete the majority of the promises given to, by God to Abraham, and he believed. It would take an heir to make his people as numerous as the stars in the sky. It would take an heir to bless the nations. We also noted that his belief was not just this one-time event, but he continued in that belief through the offering of Isaac. He actually believed God to the degree that if he did as God said and offered his son, he reasoned that God would resurrect him from the dead to keep his promise. And so we learn that he continued in his belief. Or we could say he was steadfast in his belief. And if you do not have that in mind when you read the next few verses, you're going to miss the truth of what Paul has to say. He says, all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written. And I want you to note that we have our word for there. It says, for it is written, he's about to explain to us how we remove ourselves from the blessing to being under a curse. The Galatians have have the blessing of God promised through Yeshua. He made that clear to us. But if they don't continue, if they don't remain steadfast, if you don't remain steadfast in their faith, and instead turn away relying on works of the law, they'll place themselves... Under a curse. So let's read on. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Messiah redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Messiah Yeshua so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Now remember last week we looked at the nations being blessed through faith. And in the plan of God, there will be those from the nations that are blessed. They will not be proselytes, those who have disappeared into the generations of Israel. But they will be distinctly from the nations. They will be recognizable as those from the nations. They will be blessed. And that blessing will be so obvious to all who see them. As Revelation said, They're going to stand before the throne of God. They're going to worship before the throne of God. So Paul states that the blessing of the nations is through faith, that same faith that Abraham exhibited. Well, if the blessing of God is through faith, what would you give as an explanation for the alternative to that blessing? If you didn't remain in faith, well, how about the curses? For not doing what is written in the book of the law. The blessing and the cursing, of course, would bring your mind immediately to the Torah, Mount Ebal. And the curses spoken there. And that's exactly where he's going in Galatians. The Galatians are blessed through faith. As was Abraham. But the influencers are attempting to put them under the Sinai covenant. again Attempting to get them to convert in the old traditional way of of converting to Judaism, or to converting, to actually changing their ethnicity. So, as you might ina- imagine, the bold, I bolded some of this and underlined the text because we're going to be focusing on verse 10 today. And it begins with the phrase that we've looked at before, works of the law. And so, I want to review that phrase. But first, let's look at what the majority of the church thinks of this verse. The majority of the f- look to this and say that if we keep the laws of God, we're placing ourselves under a curse. As an example, you know, when I first started to keep the Sabbath and the festivals, and I'm sure m- many of you have had the same experience, there were many who said, you're going under the law, as if it was a death sentence. Well, if this interpretation is correct, we should say a prayer for poor, cursed Brother Paul. Because as we learned in the Torah commentary, and I'm going to read for you here again, he was a law keeper. We know this because we're told this in Scripture, flat out. Acts chapter 21 and verse 21 says, They have been informed that you teach all Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What shall we do? They will certainly hear that you have come, so do what we tell you. There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men and join in their purification rites and pay their expenses so they can have their head shaved. Then everyone will know there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living a life in obedience to Torah, to the law. So if those who obey the commands of God are cursed, Paul is calling himself cursed. Not just that, but if you believe that keeping the law is putting a person under the curse, under a curse, or that it is putting them under condemnation, then I have to tell you folks, the apostles put all of the non-Jews under a curse. Let's read Acts chapter 15. It says this in verse 19. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write them telling them to extend To abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on the Sabbath day. Every one of these things are prohibited in the Torah, in the law. Prohibited non Jews from doing. These are the commands of God. Not only that are they commands in the law, but they are commands specific to the non-Jew. Notice that it says from blood. Where do you suppose he got that? They got that. Well, Leviticus chapter 17. Any Israelite or any alien living among them who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood. I will cut him off from his people. From the law. So if that's what you believe, the apostles are putting the non-Jews under the law and under a curse. So if you're one of those who think that, you're under a curse. The apostles have cursed you. Obviously, that's not the meaning here. So let's explore once again what is meant by works of the law. And we just briefly, we discussed this in earlier lessons. The phrase works of the law was one that was used by the writers of the Qumran text. And it means following the commands by a particular group's understanding of those commands. As an example, the works of the law for the Essenes differ from the works of the law of the Pharisees. And the fact is, it's the reason they're different groups. If they had the same view, there would be no Essenes. There would be Pharisees. Only. If I say I'm a Pharisee, that means I have a specific view of the Torah. And that view is that there is a coming Messiah. There is a resurrection of the dead. And the Torah has a deeper understanding that was given to the sages. However, if I'm a Sadducee, I have a different view. I do not believe there's a coming Messiah. I do not believe there's a resurrection. Because there is no deeper understanding to Torah. It's a literal work. Well... The works of the law are very much similar. The Talmud is filled with arguments about how the law of God should be lived or works of the law of the sages and the rabbis. And now that we understand works of the law, what is the context for Paul's use of the term? The context is circumcision and conversion of Gentiles according to the works of the law of the Pharisees. Again, when Paul says circumcision, he's meaning this whole process of making a non-Jew a Jew in his walk through life. It's learning of the Torah, the customs of the sages, and the rabbis for keeping the Torah, and vowing to live by those things. It's circumcision, it's immersion, and the offerings associated with circumcision. With conversion, I mean. So if I might rephrase that, it might be better phrased this way in this particular context... All who rely on physical conversion are under a curse. Right? And I'm not trying to retranslate. I'm just saying in this context it might be better fit praise that way. That's not the only work of the law that will put you under a curse. But it's certainly the one that Paul has in mind as he writes this. So how would they be under a curse? Well, the way you come under a curse is to violate the law of God. Paul quotes the Torah to make his point. He he more more closely quotes the Septuagint, so I'm going to read from there. Cursed is every man that continues not in all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say... You see, the key word in the verse is continues. Every man that does not continue in all the words of the law. You see... When a non-Jew commits to being a proselyte, it's as if he stood at the foot of Mount Ebal and said, Amen as well. And Paul is saying, if you commit to this physical conversion, you're placing yourself under a curse. Why? Well, because one of the fundamental teachings of Torah is faith particularly the faith of Abraham, as he's already pointed out. Everything else in your life is built upon faith. It's the foundation of the building, so to speak. Faith in the Messiah, Yeshua. Everything else builds on that. Amen? So what causes the curse is that you have not continued in the faith of Abraham and faith in Messiah, Yeshua. And you have turned instead to following man's traditions for your entrance into the covenant. You have forsaken the promise of God that all the nations of the earth will be blessed and through his seed. So you have ceased to have trust in the redemption of Yeshua and his accepting you into the new covenant. You have been accepted by God through faith as Abraham. Now if they rely on becoming Jewish, they have failed to continue in that faith. We as Christians have totally misunderstood the point of this verse. You're not under a curse if you keep the law. If you keep the command of resting and gathering with others and worshiping God on the Shabbat, you're not cursed. Far be it. Isaiah says all those from the nations who keep the Sabbath will be blessed. So you're not cursed. You're just one who wants to honor God by keeping His day holy, like He told us. However... You would be under a curse if you did not continue in your faith in Yeshua and if you were to rest on the Sabbath day for your entrance into the covenant. Amen? You're under a curse if you don't continue to uphold the words of the law by carrying them out. So does that mean, as a typical Christian thought, that if you violate one of the commands of God, you're cursed? Well, let me just read from Dunn's commentary because he's got it absolutely right. He says, that Judaism against which Paul here reacts, called for an impossible perfection, is not part of the context of the argument at this point and should not be read into it. Dunn realizes that the law of God assumes that Israel is going to violate the law. And so it makes a way for them to remedy those violations. God makes room for repentance. He instituted the festival of Yom Kippur in English, the Day of Atonement. He also instituted the sin offering, the guilt offering, the burnt offerings in anticipation of violations of the law. So keeping the law perfectly or you're doomed is not what is meant here. Paul would never say such a statement. He knows better. So what is Paul getting at? Well, he states it much more clearly in the book of Romans. And we're going to go to the book of Romans and I'm going to read it from Dan Gruber's Messianic writings because he makes it so clear. Chapter 10 and verse 1. Brethren, the pleasure of my heart and the supplication to God for them is for salvation. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. In speaking of Jewish people who have not accepted Yeshua, who have not accepted the righteousness from God that comes through Yeshua, that was offered through Yeshua, he says they sought to establish their own. And what is that? It's what Paul is speaking of. It's works of the law. Well, if the non-Jews of Galatia seek to become covenant members through conversion into Israel via the same works of the law and tradition, they will have done almost the same thing, right? The only thing is, it's going to be much, much worse. Why? Because they have known the redemptive work of Yeshua. They have experienced the Holy Spirit as He stated. They have experienced the miracles of God worked among them. And if they reject that for man's traditions, it's much worse. And not just that, but the ones influencing them, whether they be Jewish believers or proselytes, whatever, they're going to be guilty as well. And so Paul continues, he says, For Messiah is the goal of the law, unto righteousness for everyone who is believing. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is from the law, the man who does them will live by them. But righteousness which is from faith says do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Messiah down or who will descend to the abyss that is to say to bring Messiah up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. If you rely on something other than Messiah, you're going to place yourself under a curse because Messiah is the goal of the Torah. He's the end all of the Torah. The Torah was given to lead you to Messiah, not Messiah to lead you to the works of the law. Let me say that Messiah will lead you to a righteous observance of the law, but Yeshua was not given to lead you into works of the law, not to lead you into a physical conversion. And that's why Paul says, but the righteousness which is from faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Messiah down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Messiah up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. You can now keep Torah without coming under a curse. You can fulfill the Torah because Messiah is now in your heart. The word made flesh is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. But if you forsake that, If you don't continue in the goal of the law and exchange the goal for works of the law, you've missed the instruction of God and you are under a curse. Faith in Messiah leads you to all righteousness if you are, what did it say? Believing. And notice he didn't say believe. Because he knows better. He said believing. In other words, if you remain steadfast as Abraham remained steadfast. If you continue in your faith as Abraham continued in his faith. Let's read on. It says, That is the word of faith which we are proclaiming. If then you affirm the Lord Yeshua with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is... For with your heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth affirmation is made to salvation. For scripture says, whoever believes, or we could say, puts their trust in Him, will not be disappointed because there is no difference for Jew and Greek because the same Lord of all is rich to all who call on Him. For whoever will call on the name of the ever-present Lord will be saved. I changed the word for believe there because the Greek is pistuo, And I just put the Strong's definition up here for you. It means to put trust with. It's the same in the Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word that's used in Isaiah 28, which is quoted there, is aman, to trust. Paul's point here is simply, if you don't remain in the goal of the Torah, if you don't remain steadfast in your faith as Abraham remained steadfast in his faith, So steadfast did he remain in his faith even to offer his son, the son of the promise. Then you're under a curse because you have not continued to do everything in the book of the law. You have not remained steadfast in the promise that all nations have been blessed through the seed of Abraham. And that's why Paul says later in this chapter, he says in verse 16, he says, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Messiah. What I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later did not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then, then it no longer depends on a promise. But God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Paul is not saying, keep the law and you are cursed. He's saying, if you deny the essence, the very essence, the very goal of the Torah, if you deny the goal of the Torah's message, then how can you say you're living a life in obedience to the law? Or how can you say, as Paul said, how can you say you have continued in the law? You've denied its essence. So the point is, you can't. You violated the very law you profess to uphold and you're under a curse. You cannot fulfill the Torah by denying its essential message of faith, of faith in Messiah Yeshua, the seed of Abraham. Clearly, he says, no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. You'll never be justified before God through your works of the law because as Habakkuk says, the righteous will live by faith. And more specifically, they're going to live uh, by the, in faith of the seed of Abraham. The goal of the Torah, so that there may be righteousness for all who believe. You see, these Galatians started out with a foundation. They started out with this amazing gift of God, the gift of faith. They began their journey through their faith They made and it was made plain to them by the receiving of the Spirit, the miracles that God worked among them. They started from a firm foundation and now they're exchanging that for works of the law, for shifting sand. Those things done in the flesh, the very flesh that will come to nothing. Friends, listen to this. If you have ever listened to me, Paul is not saying the law cannot be kept. The law can be kept. And even if violated, there is a remedy within the law for those violations. And we now even have a better remedy. We have Yeshua the Messiah. If you're faithful to confess your sins, then God is faithful to forgive. Now that you know Messiah and He's in your heart and in your mouth, it's even easier to keep. Because it's so near you. It's in your mouth, it's in your heart. No, Paul is not saying the law cannot be kept. Paul is saying that if you forsake the goal of the law, the Messiah, if you do not continue or we could say you don't remain steadfast in your faith and all that he's done for you, then you have violated the law and you are subject to the curses of the law. Paul is not putting faith against law either. We'll look at these more verses more closely next week. But when he says the law is not based on faith, contrary the man who does these things will live by them, he's not pitting faith against the law. He's saying again that the law teaches of the faith of Abraham. It does not teach of works of the law that led Abraham to faith. It teaches that faith in God led Abraham to obedience in the law that was given to him. It does not say that because Abraham kept the works of the law, God blessed him. No, it says because of faith, God blessed him. Then he says, the man who does them will live by them. And he's quoting Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5. He says, it says, and I want to read a little bit more of it. It says, keep my decrees and laws for the man who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. Now remember, we spoke two weeks ago about how faith is a gift from God. Faith leads you to obedience. And faith in Messiah says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Faith in Messiah will lead you to fulfill the law. Or as Isaiah says, faith in Messiah will lead you to his holy mountain. To the house of prayer for all nations. But law without faith in Messiah will lead you to another mountain. That's what Paul is saying. Mount Ebal. It will also lead you to these words of Yeshua. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and you are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. If you have Torah and you miss the promises and you miss the Messiah... Or worse, you've experienced the goodness of God, the salvation of God, the leading of the Spirit. And the Spirit has worked miracles in your life among you like the Galatians. And then you forsake that for the traditions of men. That's going to lead you to Mount Ebal and the curses because you have not continued in the two primary lessons of the Torah, faith and Messiah Yeshua. And you have rejected the leading of the Spirit.